Ballerinas. I'm your host, Georgia Dostal, and this is the Balanced Ballerinas podcast. This is the podcast where we chat mindset, self-development, the power of movement, nutrition, small business, goal setting, and of course, the power of ballet, and most importantly, finding balance within this beautiful art form. Most episodes contain a behind the scenes into my life running two businesses, GC Dance for school-age students and Balanced Ballerinas for adult ballet students. If you're new around here, this podcast drops every fortnight. Sometimes it's a solo episode, sometimes we have a guest, and all links to my online courses and in-person classes can be found in the show notes of this episode, or head to balanceballerinas.com for further information. Now, today we have a beautiful guest, and we're going to be revisiting nutrition with Sally. So I thought it was about time we revisited the topic of nutrition with a trusted guest. This week's guest came highly recommended by our gorgeous Dr. Andrea Robertson from episode 11. If you listened to that episode, that was when Dr. Andrea Robertson and I fell in love with one another and have been friends ever since. If you're a 12-week course participant, you're also very familiar with Dr. Andrea Robertson and all the wonderful information she provides. So I trust any guests that she recommends my way. And our conversation covers topics that I just know the Balanced Ballerines community is interested in. So we're going to be talking about how to build a healthy relationship with food, how to have positive body image, how to develop an understanding of self. And as you'll hear, a lot of it comes down to a personalized approach. The lovely Sally was raised in Perth and danced from a young age, living for jazz, tap, ballet, musical theater, hip hop, and even some Irish dancing, which is really cool. But as a teenager, Sally lacked the nutrition education that she needed to understand how to fuel her body as a person and dance her best. And this lack of knowledge led to some unhealthy beliefs around body appearance. And at one point in time, Sally prioritized the size of her body over her health. I can totally relate. But after suffering debilitating anxiety and panic attacks in her teens and chronic fatigue syndrome in her 20s, Sally developed an interest in nutritional medicine, studying a Bachelor of Nutritional Medicine. Sally truly believes that if she knew how to fuel her body and develop a healthy relationship with food from a young age, her dance journey would have looked completely different. I can completely relate to that. And today, Sally loves blending her love of dance and nutrition together to provide a specialized service that encompasses a holistic approach to fueling the artistic athlete. All links to Sally's work can be found in the show notes of this episode. And sit back with a cup of tea and enjoy my conversation with the lovely Sally. Welcome to the Balanced Ballerinas podcast, Sally. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about your ballet background first and um, we'll go from there. Sounds great. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, So I actually grew up doing CSPD style dancing, which includes ballet. Um, However, did do some jazz, tap, um, musical theatre, Irish, um, quite a range. And so that was an incredible childhood. I learned so much um, having all those kind of tools in the tool bag. Um, and growing up, I think my relationship, especially with 
ballet has changed as an adult. So I've gone back now as an adult and I have so much more appreciation actually for ballet as as an art and as an activity really and as exercise. When I was a child, I guess I always wanted to be good. I did always have a passion for dance. I really did. But I also, I always had that drive to be better and to, um, as I think we all do as dancers. However, now as an adult, I have this inner contentment feeling when I finish a dance class or finish a ballet class or something like that. And that's something that I don't think I really appreciated as a child as mm. much. Um, so my relationship with dance has actually changed so much from being a child and wanting to be good and get better and um, I guess having that more mentality too as an adult going back and realising that it balances me out and it just makes me feel really content as a person. I love that. That's kind of what has changed. No, I love that. And you're not the first student that's gone back as an adult that describes it in that way. Like I love my adult students who tell me that they have this newfound kind of appreciation for having an hour just to themselves and they leave, like you said, really content. And I completely agree. Like when I was younger, I felt like I left a lot of classes not content. Um, Yeah. And it's really nice to revisit as an adult. Yeah, definitely. So I want you to dive a little bit more into, because your business was essentially born out of your need to find a healthier balance with food. So how how did this all come about? Yeah, so as a teenager, I would describe myself as a copycat dieter, actually. So I would see someone who I perceive would be more successful than me or better than me, and I would see what they were doing and copy it because I thought, well, if I try what they're doing, maybe that will make me happier or more successful. So I did have quite a poor relationship with food as a teenager and I didn't have the best nutrition education for what I needed at the time. It was kind of lacking at that time, I believe, in the dance world. And as a going into my later teens, I actually started to experience debilitating panic attacks and anxiety to the point where I wasn't dancing, I left my job, and it really did change the path of my life. And I went on to study nutrition uh, starting in my late teens then, and I learned about how I could balance my blood sugars and how my neurotransmitters in my brain, for example, uh, needed nutrients. And that actually uh, was part of what helped me to overcome my anxiety and just by kind of giving my body what it needed and nourishment. And I kept going with the nutrition and I was fascinated by all the different areas that are actually impacted in my life. And I started to realise that if I had had that kind of education when I was actually growing up dancing, maybe my path would have been different, maybe maybe I could have performed better at dancing, maybe I would have enjoyed it more, maybe I would have had a more balanced mm-hmm. outcome with it. So I guess when I was studying nutrition, I always had that in the back of my mind and therefore coming up with the nourished Dancer was my way of filling a gap that I felt was missing Yeah, um, at that time. 
I can completely relate because I just know when I was a young dancer, my, you know, nutrition education was zero. Um, it basically consisted of if I was eating pasta, another dancer or I had a dancer's mum tell me, oh, you can't afford to eat pasta, Georgia, with your shape body. Do you know what I mean? Things like that. And isn't it the most frustrating thing in the world when in your early 20s or you know, further down the track, you start finding out all the importance of feeling your body and that, that it would actually really have balanced out your body and made you so much happier. And it's so frustrating because you go, I wish I had have known this sooner because it would have 100% changed the trajectory of your life. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's that for me was such a light bulb moment. And I sometimes, I, I wonder how to get that message across as early as possible because if you grow up having a good sense of self and how what fuels your body the best that's the best way you're going to set yourself up for success whether you choose to dance or not it's going to set you up for success no matter what area you want to go to and I kind of like to explain it to people such as because I know a lot of dancers grow up and it's really great they go to physio to get some conditioning or whatever it is, but they have their own individualised program. And so when I'm addressing a group of um, teenagers or anything like that, you know, do you all have the same um, exercise regime that you get from your physio? And the answer is no, because they all have individual needs to address. And I feel like nutrition is the same where there is a set of, you know, guidelines that we can all follow and we can learn but you really need to take it into your own context and then see what your own needs are because you're going to be different to the person next to you and we don't need to compare in that way. A hundred percent. And how does someone like yourself, I'm just curious, um, develop a personalised plan and approach? Like how does that, what does that look like? For the clients? Yeah. Yeah, so it comes down to... Number one, even food preferences. What do you enjoy? What don't you enjoy? Your energy levels uh, throughout the day, um, how well you're sleeping, um, if you're waking, feeling refreshed, your schedule, your ability to access food in terms of how big is your break, how long do you have to digest your food, do you have access to a fridge, there's, there really are so many things to take into consideration that it is kind of understandable sometimes that it isn't thought through to that extent because when you start to break it down, there is a lot to take into consideration. But once you do get into that habit, it's a bit like building a skill. You spend a bit of time actually paying a lot of attention to all these areas. You figure out the fuels that work best for you and then you kind of have your base. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember feeling like in my early 20s, especially, I was kind of flying blind and really not adopting an individual approach. Um, a perfect example is that when intermittent fasting was really popular and everyone was doing it. And I was getting up in the morning doing an F45 class or a CrossFit class. I can't remember at the time which one it was. 
I've done it all. Um, and then I would come into the studio, I'd have my morning classes, and then I wouldn't eat till 12 o'clock. And I would be so grumpy. <laughs> and I would just feel so depleted of energy. And just that was my new normal. And it's mm-hmm. like intermittent fasting does not suit, like you said, that schedule. <laughs> and you know, just because something's popular too doesn't mean you should be doing it. And so it's funny, like, I completely agree with you. And through our mutual friend, um, Dr. Andrea, that was the first time I had some real individual consultation and guidance. And she was like, she, because I I filled out like a, um, like a food journal over a week. And she looked at it and she was like, you actually need to add this, add that, add here, add there. It was all adding. It was not subtracting. And so, yeah, like I, it's, it's funny. Like it's just such an individual approach and it really depends on what your output is compared to your input. And I'd love you to tell me, because this um, stood out in your email, in one of your initial emails to me, why do carrot sticks don't like not cut it? <laughs> uh, um, so it it all comes down to context and yeah. like you just said about your goals. So one recurring theme I guess I see is that our dancers are really proactive and they want they want to learn and they want to do their best and they want to perform their best. And... For society, we do advocate to, you know, increase your veggies. You know, great snacks is your vegetable sticks with, um, you know, whatever you want to put it with. However, I do see that sometimes reflected in our dancers, especially some of the full-time ones, where they'll go to their morning class and then their snack is vegetable sticks and then they go into their second class and they have lunch. And these dancers are coming to me with fatigue, maybe not at that time, but maybe later in the day or you know, they're feeling run down, they're getting ill or they're, got, um, they're experiencing reoccurring injuries, for example. And so what I try to explain to them is, you know, vegetable sticks, great. They've got, you know, your vitamins and minerals, awesome. However, at that point in your day, your body requires fuel and more energy-dense food rather than your nutrient-dense food to actually get you through. So it was when I say vegetable sticks don't cut it, they they just need friends. <laughs> so they need some <laughs> they need some carbohydrates to to actually provide you the readily available energy that's actually going to get you through that next class. So you can still have your vegetable sticks and you can add some crackers and some hummus and some things that are actually going to provide you a bit more of that readily available energy. Replenishing your glycogen, which is your muscle storage, um, to be able to get you through. And you can have your vegetable sticks when you're studying and sitting still with, you know, something that's a bit more uh, sedentary maybe. Mm. One thing I find that dancers are notorious for, even my adult students, um, is not eating dinner until really late at night um like really late like nine o'clock 9 30 um mm-hmm. I for example at the studio will I've got like this sort of 20 minute break between teaching my uh school age students classes and the adult classes and I'm always sitting behind the desk as the adults are arriving 
eating my dinner. Like (laughs) not only do I think over the years of doing that, it sends a really positive signal to especially my, you know, teenagers and tweens and stuff that like Miss Georgia eats and I eat a lot. (laughs) But to my adults that I'm feeling my body before I head into that last class and I always get the comments of like, I don't know how you do that. Like on nights that I have ballet, sometimes I don't even have dinner because I can't even like, I can't go into class and like, you know, feel sluggish or, you know, or I just eat it at 9.30 at night before I go to bed. Is that a good idea? (laughs) For a start, I really applaud you for eating like that um, in terms of setting a really good example for your students. In both in both areas, I really do applaud that, and I really hope that more uh, dance teachers do take that on board. Um, and yeah, that all comes down to it does come down to planning and timing. And in that scenario, especially with your adult dancers, what I recommend is kind of plan your day backwards. So where do you finish your day? You finish your day in your ballet class. I do always recommend eating after class before bed and not necessarily a full meal Mm. but the idea is to replenish your glycogen stores because during your class you've depleted those and by replenishing them after class that's really going to help your body um, perform the next day actually so replenishing sooner that's going to help your body the next day it's going to help you sleep better it's going to help your body calm down the stress that happens when we dance, even though it's a good stress. Um, So I do recommend a small dinner or a a large snack or something like that, but not necessarily a full dinner because that's going to take time to digest and then you're trying to go to sleep and then you don't sleep as well and then you wake up tired and that's a cycle in itself. Um, So if you've got that class, I would head backwards and just like you have maybe aim for a main meal or a larger meal mid-afternoon even. Use your, swap your snacks and meals around a little bit and then have a small snack before class, such as even a banana or something like that. And then plan your day backwards from there because even though we have standard meal times and snack times, that's just, that's what society says we should eat, but it might not suit you and you can work around that. Yeah, because, like, who made the rules that it's, like, breakfast, lunch, dinner and what we eat for those particular meals? Something that I do on my really big, heavy teaching days where I'm going to finish really late is that I actually put my dinner as my lunch. So, like, what I would have, say I have, like, lasagna ready for dinner, I'll eat that at lunchtime and then at lunchtime I'll have whatever salad sandwich I've got going on with a muesli bar and that'll be my dinner. So I, like, reverse them. (laughs) that's such a great idea and exactly that's gonna you're gonna get all the nourishment you need and you're getting it at a timing that suits it's going to set you up for what you've got on that day and that's really what we want to achieve so you work with um your athletes and dancers in regards to what they're putting in their bodies obviously but how do you tackle and I'm sure you have some really difficult conversations about body confidence and body image because they probably go Sally like sure you want me to eat all of this but I I don't want to gain weight or I don't want to you know feel xyz how do you work through that I mean it's kind of similar to me as a ballet teacher where you come across these issues we're not necessarily psychologists or psychiatrists but 
you're there and you're the person in front of them having to provide an answer. How do you, like, what's your experience been? Yeah, look, that is, it's a tough one. That's a very tough check question because it all depends on where that person's coming from and where that question or that worry, concern originates from. And it's a, it's kind of deciphering, yeah, basically where it has come from and then finding the tools that are going to work for that particular person. Um, one of the exercises that I do like to go through is regarding the appearance ideals, which is what society tells us some something or someone should look like. Mm-hmm. And so I ask students or clients, what is the appearance ideal of a dancer in your head? And there's no right and wrong. That is your own ideal and that's absolutely fine. But then we break it down and it's like, okay, well, does that guarantee that that person's happy and successful or does it, or if someone doesn't meet that ideal, does it guarantee that they're not happy or successful? And from there, that kind of breaks down the barrier of understanding that all these ideas we have in our head are from outside pressures in a way, outside um, influences on us. And if we can then narrow down, okay, what does it take to actually become a successful dancer? And that's when things start coming out, such as strength, determination, passion, all these other things. And so then, okay, how how do we get there? Is fueling ourselves something that's going to actually help us achieve strength, for example. Well, of course, and concentration in class and um, not becoming fatigued and all of these kind of things. So it's about, I guess, breaking down those barriers, finding out where those certain maybe they've got rules around certain um, certain foods or the way they eat, breaking those down, finding out where they've come from and, and yeah, going from there. But that is a very... Um, individualized kind of area and it depends it depends so much on their experience as a person yeah it's so tough I um just jumping back a little bit when you were talking about how you know you did suffer some pretty debilitating anxiety and panic attacks how connected is our emotional well-being to food through personal experience I would say it's it's connected um and a lot more has come out recently about our vagus nerve which is what connects our brain to our um gut for lack of a better word and you know for example if someone is about to go on stage or they're nervous we've heard the term butterflies in your stomach you know and that's the nervous system connecting the brain and the gut kind of thing so you know, that alone kind of gives you an indication of, okay, that's definitely connected and that's how we feel. People can feel nervous in their stomach and things like that. Um, For me personally, when it came to uh, particularly anxiety, it was a bit of uh, the main component that helped me, I think, was balancing my blood sugar levels and not letting them drop too low yeah. And understanding that to balance them, I needed to create meals that contained protein, that contained um, beneficial fats and complex carbohydrates. 
Um, if I was to have too many simple carbohydrates without the other components that would help to slow down the release of, I guess, the, um, the levels in your blood, that's when I would notice kind of a bit of a peak in my energy, but then there would be a crash, but that crash I would experience as anxiety. Yeah. So for me, that was probably the the biggest bang for buck, I guess, is a good way to put it. Um, by having your balanced approach to meals, that really helped me manage that anxiety level because I wasn't getting the huge peaks and dips in my blood sugar that was, um, I guess, reflecting itself as anxiety. Um, when it does come to dances, Balanced meals are absolutely great. However, do keep in mind that if they're going into a high-intensity class or something, that they do need that fuel quite quickly. Yeah. That's when those carbohydrates on their own are, are fabulous because they need that quick energy. So I don't want to, um, again, it's all context when it comes to that. What are some examples of quick energy? Like just some off the top of your head food-wise that are easy packable <laughs> yeah yeah good question um i mean fruit any fruit is always going to be a winner um i'm a banana fan can't go past yeah absolutely banana apples um you've got your dried fruit when it's not accessible you can have honey on rice cakes for example if you know sometimes if there are people that aren't feeling very well as as well you can have even fruit puree pouches for example, um, a couple of dates, uh, if you've got a homemade smoothie even, something like that, um, anything that kind of, uh, even some dry crackers. If you're not feeling that great, some dry crackers, anything like that is going to just give you that little bit of boost. Yeah. I keep thinking about how a lot of the time I'll be talking to parents of young dancers and they're struggling to get them to eat <laughs> or they just don't eat their breakfast they won't eat their lunch the lunch box will come back with all the food in it um and then they'll just absolutely smash out food you know all afternoon and night as a parent if there's because there's you know there's quite a few parents that listen to this podcast I I'm never quite sure because I'm kind of like I mean, actually, by the time this episode comes out, I will be a mum. <laughs> um, but currently, up to this point in my life, I am not a mum. And I've always found it really difficult, and I won't experience this for many years yet. Um, I'm just like, just make them eat. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, just yes. make them eat. <laughs> just tell them, make them sit down. And obviously, it's not that easy. Have you got any advice there? My biggest advice there would be to get them involved. And it can be quite simple. So we've um there's a good snack, a good go-to snack is bliss balls, especially when it comes to kids. And the reason why I say that is bliss balls is a very generic term for basically any combination that you can put into a rolled up ball. So yeah. when we talk about kids, Depending on what flavours they like, they can choose. It's kind of like putting a trail mix into a fun ball in a way. So you can either have it based on oats or you can base it on a trail mix. So you can base it on 
seeds and nuts and things like that. And then depending on what kind of dried fruit they like, you can have, you know, your apricots or you can have your dates or you can have, you can put different flavours in there such as lemon or, or, you know, even cacao to make it a chocolate treat. Um, But by getting them involved in that process of choosing and actually making them, that is going to make them more likely to consume. Um, So that's an example of fistfuls, but then again, even when it comes to making dinner or prepping lunches, getting them involved in it in a, to a certain degree empowers them in a way to um, make them feel like they've contributed and they're going to be more likely to then eat it if they if they help make it. Yeah, totally. I have a few um, recipes actually on the Balanced Ballerina's website for protein balls. Um, but I'm the same. You know what's funny? Like, and especially since uh, becoming pregnant, my mum, because she's my business partner and we work together, she's just trying to feed me all the time and comes in with food. And you know what? She always hands me bliss balls. <laughs> she- she makes them all the time so even as a 32 year old my mom is still and it's so funny it's true though if they just open that you know um tupperware container full of bliss balls and go do you want one it's like yeah i will actually um so maybe it's like having that in the car ready to go um before you drop them off at dance with just a few little extra bits and pieces sneaking it in yeah, that um are you talking about the kind of school to dance transition? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, that and that is a big one. Like it's hard. How do you know what they're gonna um go for? And then you don't know how much of their lunch they've eaten to fuel them. So something like that that you know they're gonna go for. Um and you know, because that changes as they grow up, their taste buds change and their what they want to consume and they choose to consume is going to change as it goes. So we kind of have to almost work with them in that way and, and yeah, go with, go with them on that journey. I agree. I have a question for you because there's a lot of adult, predominantly adults listen to the podcast, adult dancers. And I wanted to ask you about um, liquids. So as in, I'll have a lot of students either come in holding a coffee, not to the studio, they're not allowed in the studio with anything but water. But I wanted to ask you, um, you know, what's the best way to prep yourself before a class? Should you be having coffee or should we be having something else? Or, you know, are there any rules there nutritionally? There's definitely recommendations. Yes, let's go. I should have said recommendations. (laughs) Are we talking about kind of a morning class? So they're coming to morning. Yeah. So coffee is a stimulant, which is not actually fueled for the body. So the way caffeine works is that it dulls down or it, yeah, it dulls down our receptors that make us feel fatigued. So it just prolongs us from feeling fatigued, really. And that does come in handy. However, it's not fuel for the body to power our movement in that way. And so I would always recommend fuel first. Yes, have a coffee, but I would always recommend having the food, the fuel on board first because when you're moving you want to make sure that you're using the fuel and not just using kind of your nervous system stimulation. Um, so 
food first approach I would always recommend. Um, but there is nothing, I, I think, co- look, I'm a coffee drinker, so <laughs> I can't say that um, not to have coffee. Um, but, yeah, definitely food food before coffee would be my recommendation always. Awesome. Yeah, because I know some naughty students who just have a coffee and most ballet classes in general, they're not like adult ballet classes, a sort of mid-morning. So like ours, for example, start at 10.30 um, till 11.30. That's like a long time. You're not having lunch till like midday. So yeah. yeah. What Absolutely. are your thoughts there? We did sort of talk about my example on intermittent fasting. Because it is, it's not as popular as it was a few years ago, but it's still prevalent. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. So, look, if somebody really likes intermittent fasting and it works for them, awesome. However, a bit like what we spoke about before, can we adjust those windows on the days where you're dancing, so then we can make sure that you're actually getting the benefits from your dance class. So, when we wake up in the morning our body has still been working overnight so it's still been working it's actually working very hard to kind of repair from the day before recover um, ensure that we're ready for the next day and by doing that it's actually depleting our liver glycogen stores so we're waking up and our batteries on empty so if we are then going into a class with an empty battery expecting ourselves to perform well you know because especially with adults it's a very um it's a time of the week that you look forward to so much so you want to get the most out of it yeah so by filling up your fuel tank in a way with good quality fuel you're gonna your output in your class and your concentration and all of these things that energy actually powers in our body it's gonna be better and you're gonna feel better for it and then afterwards Another thing I do like to address is that if you are exercising and then going for a long period of time without eating, what happens is that our body, when it exercises, it's a stress on the body. Even though we love it and we enjoy it, it's still a stress on the body and it raises our cortisol levels. Mm. And after exercise or after the dance class, by eating, especially something with carbohydrates, it doesn't only help replenish those glycogen stores that we've just depleted because there's a, there is a window after exercise where our body's really, um, really hungry for it. So we'll uptake it quite well and replenish those muscles um, stores. But it also helps this cortisol come back down to a bit of a more normal level and it helps our body convert from a state of breakdown to a state of build up which is what we want because if we continue to if we've just worked all these muscles and our aim is to improve and then we don't refuel and give our body the nourishment it needs to actually repair recover for the next session then we're going to be fatigued going into the next class or even in our normal everyday life that we need to do and we're not going to get the full benefits of what we've just done. Yeah. No, totally. I um I was going to ask you, you know, working with athletes and dancers and just the general population, is there any topics or any um 
issues that come up that we haven't discussed today that you see? Oh, goodness. Um, there are so many. <laughs> I think, and, but I think it all comes down to your own context. And a bit like you said before, your individualised approach to nutrition you have so many things to take into consideration. For example, if you're in the office all day, your nutrition has to navigate around that because you need to make sure that you're fueling your body, fueling your mind is important, fueling your concentration. And sometimes that can look very different to fueling a dance class. And if you're someone, for example, that might do a strength session before work and then you want to go to ballet class that night, you really need to make sure that in the morning you're fueling after your session in preparation for that night's class in a way because that then gives your body a chance during the day to recover so then you can actually get back into it that night and actually have the energy you need. Um, so it's all taking it into context and understanding the different, I guess, ways you can use nutrition, I guess, as a tool to your advantage. So if you are sedentary all day but you need that mind power, you might want to be looking at more of your fat, protein, fibre-rich foods that are going to really help balance your blood sugar, maintain them throughout the day with your complex carbs, of course, and then toward getting towards exercise and those kind of things, that's when you want to look at dropping a bit of the fibre and a bit of the fat because they take quite a long time for the body to digest in comparison to carbohydrates. So then you can actually go into your class not feeling weighed down or anything like that, but you do have energy on board. Yeah, amazing. So it's finding those fine lines of, of understanding, I guess, yeah, navigating around your day and where your fuel is going to be best suited. I do have, I have talked to clients who, for example, when they finish their nighttime class and then they have a huge leafy green salad. And look, I'm all for leafy green salads and I think it's awesome. However, that's not replenishing your glycogen stores and things like that. So it's just navigating around that and finding a better time of the day to put that leafy green salad that's going to be more beneficial for your body. Yeah, totally. Sometimes it's just changing the changing the order or changing the time of when you're having certain things. And for you personally, Sally, what keeps you balanced? <laughs> Look, this is something that I am forever working on. I am, I love to try lots of new things and I'm always thinking and always um, wanting to do so much more. So to keep balance is actually, it's a working progress for me all the time. However, what I try to do lately is I try to pick up on my own signs of making sure that I'm not burning myself out, burning the candle at both ends. And I'm really focusing on, enjoying the journey instead of the destination yeah and concentrating on that that really can bring me back to okay today what what are we going to do today that's all I have to worry about just today and if I break it down like that that actually helps me stay balanced and 
it, it makes it more enjoyable instead of worrying about tomorrow and worrying about next week and making sure I get everything in. If I just concentrate on today, um, fueling myself well today, making sure that I'm going to get a good night's sleep tonight, um, having connection with loved ones. And I'm a big nature person. I Nature rejuvenates me um, and so does music actually. So finding those things in my day. Yeah, and infusing yeah. them. Infusing yeah. Them. Yeah, love yeah. It. amazing. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I think that there's some real nuggets of wisdom in there uh, for our, you know, not only school age dancers, but adults, just some gentle reminders. And, um, you know, hopefully some parents who are listening get a little bit of info out of that as well and some tips. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs>